Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, and along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, who's also, by the way, professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we uh, welcome you to our conversation on the topic of next wave retail as openly shared distribution platforms. And this is accelerating as as the wholesale retail model, model becomes extinct as collaborative partnerships replace it. So today we're gonna focus on drop shipping as one uh, partnership model, which by the way, drop shipping is a strange term because it doesn't even come close to describing what more and more retailers are doing in collaboration with their vendor brands, who they are now calling partners rather than wholesalers kind of a reminder of our, pod, our podcast when we declared that the old wholesale and retail model is dead man walking. So collaborative partners, um, for example, uh, a partner of Foot Locker, namely Nike, um, AKA a past wholesaler, now a partner, but today also a competitor with stores and online sites of its own. Madewell and Brooks Brothers partnering with Nordstrom in different uh, arrangements. Uh, and both of them as competitors, by the way, in many ways to uh, Nordstrom. So the dropship model works this way. Uh, an avid footlocker online customer can find a broader selection of Nike uh, than can be carried in footlocker stores. So they order a pair of shoes online and the order is shipped from Nike's distribution center and, and Foot Locker gets an agreed upon commission percent. Or if the customer goes to a Foot Locker store carrying, carrying a narrower assortment of Nike, uh, if they can't find a pair they like, they could order from Foot Locker's online site and Foot Locker still gets a commission. However, if the customer buys a pair of Nike shoes in the physical store from the inventory on hand, obviously Foot Locker earns uh, the margin percent, which is generally higher than uh, commissions. So along with the accelerating pursuit by the big legacy retailers for concession type partnerships with vendor brands, this dropship model is also gaining traction. So to help the understanding of what's going on and correct definitions of these new models, I would say the overall strategy is collaborative partnerships and two of the emerging tactics uh, would be drop shipping and concessions. Uh, big, big, big picture, to go back to my favorite mantra, strong retail brands like Nordstrom and Foot Locker and many others are viewing their brands as distribution platforms that they can share with strong brands like Nike and Madewell, who might even be competitors. So yes, for all brands, whether old world retailers or used to be wholesale brands, they all now have the potential of literally endless aisles by partnering with each other, both digitally and physically. In an interview I had with Pete Nordstrom yesterday, We'll, we'll, which, by the way, will be one of a four-part CEO forum 
which will run later this month, virtually, uh, will also include Rick Caruso, CEO of Caruso, a unique community developer. Think the Grove and the Americana in LA. Also, Adrian interviewed Hal Lawton, uh, CEO of Tractor Supply, and our H CEO, Gary Friedman. That's the old restoration hardware. So anyway, Pete, uh, Pete Norton said in so many words that the world of retailing has totally changed. Our loyal Nordstrom customers should be able to find all of the other brands they love when they visit our site or stores. In the old world, my father would have said, are you crazy partnering with our competition? As an aside, in Nordstrom's uh, recent analyst call, uh, Pete Nordstrom laid out their strategy going forward. And a part of it was to pursue an increase in their number of brands operating a concession model from 5% up to 30%, which is inviting brands to run their own shops within Nordstrom stores including owning and managing the inventory, another tactic under the strategy of collaborative partnerships. So Shelley, please start to uh, unpack and give us some more clarity on the tactical drop ship model. Sure, Robin. Like many things in 2020, the pandemic has really accelerated the need for retailers to kind of relook at its supply chain. As you mentioned, the wholesale retail model is not efficiently sustainable for fashion goods. And there's too much production of merchandise, too many markdowns of unsold goods, and of course, too much product ending up in the landfills. So drop shipping goods direct from manufacturers can benefit retailers. For example, one large benefit for retailers is less cash necessary to purchase large quantities of merchandise up front some of which may not sell. Also, the inventory holding, just the holding of the inventory can be very costly. Another advantage is being able to offer new products with quicker speed to market. But of course, like all things, there's disadvantages too. And some of the disadvantages on the drop ship part of the collaborative partnership is that there's a potential for the customer shifting from the retail to the manufacturer. So for example, using Robin, your example, if I buy a new Nike shoe from Foot Locker and Nike ship, ships the shoe direct to me, next time I order, I might just go direct to Nike. So retailers have to have a compelling reason to keep the customer coming back, like product assortment. You know, most customers aren't going to shop 10 different websites to find a product or retailers can have a great loyalty program, uh, consistency in service or knowledgeable sales staff or great experience in the physical stores. Elements that you know drive the customer back to the retailer. Of course, Nordstrom does a phenomenal job of creating that branded loyalty with their existing customers. Another possible disadvantage in terms of the dropship model is the fact that margins might be thinner due to pre-agreed commission arrangements and the ability to offer unique product assortments might be minimized. Additionally, the retailer still has to incur the cost of acquiring the customer, advertising and promotions, and driving demand. 
a collaborative partnership between retailers and manufacturers really can create higher quality business goals and achievements. But one cautionary point would be to make sure that the drop ship arrangement doesn't become purely transactional, as this will eventually limit the future growth for both brands. Yeah, very good point, Shelley. And by the way, it's a great overview of, of the pros and cons. Uh, so thanks for that. You know, um, and also part of my interview with Pete Nordstrom yesterday, he said that no retailer today is able to have the kind of inventory and all the SKUs of the vendor brands, as you kind of implied there and said. So he did say it is a great way to have that endless aisle, as I mentioned. This and concessions are ways for their platform to offer their customers a much broader selection, even if the partners are competitors. The consumer doesn't care, really. I mean, they go to the Nordstrom brand because they love it. And I would say they would love it even more if they could see all of the other brands they like. And of course, Pete uh, confirmed that, and that's where they're moving. Yeah. Again, it's giving consumers what they want, when they want it, where they want it. It's a new world, folks. Yeah, and I mean, quite honestly, the industry hasn't suffered enough from supply chain perspective uh, all of last year when the Suez Canal blockage added even more complications. Mm. And while m many of the apparel manufacturers are in Asia, which may not have been directly impacted by the crisis, there was a ripple effect, including shipping container shortages, increases in alternative shipping measures, and clogged ports. So, Robin, keep in mind, at the beginning of this year, there was an influx of goods being shipped coming right. into the first quarter. So now supply chain access has been impacted, which may cause further delays around the industry. And this doesn't even take into account any of the COVID-related issues like reduced manpower or abiding by safety standards across supply chain industries. So all of this is, you know, weighing on the minds of retailers and may impact future supply chain decisions on near sourcing, insourcing, outsourcing, even verticalization and drop ship for manufacturers. So this future model of drop ship can be further enhanced also with the use of artificial intelligence as companies can better forecast demand and have a closer pulse on consumer behavior and preferences. Yeah, for sure. What a mess. I mean, this whole supply chain issue actually across many industries is a whopping mess. And, and a lot of it is pandemic driven. And who knows how much that cargo ship stuck in the Suez Canal, how much cost, it must have cost thousands of companies and supply chains, uh, billions of dollars, completely stalled by this behemoth blocking their route to destination. And they'll listen to this. If that ship were vertical, standing on its bow or whatever, it would be the height of the Empire State Building. That blew my mind. I'm it's crazy, Robin. That big. Anyway, with this kind of open platform idea, each platform inviting all brands that align with the platform's consumers, for example, like Kohl's inviting Amazon and Sephora and others, Nordstrom and Madewell, you know, and as we mentioned, Nike and Foot Locker. Anyway, this I call open platform, therefore also results in more and more supply chains kind of overlapping each other. 
it's, it's really a, a much more complex interaction. Also forcing a much more interactive and integrated communications and integrated management between the platform and all of its sharing partners. So I hope you get that picture, everybody listening. More supply chains, shorter and more agile and more quickly responsive, as you so well pointed out. Also, Shelley, and as you mentioned, AI is the great enabler to decomplexify this issue. In fact, Pete Nordstrom more or less said that without AI, these new partnership models would likely never have been possible. Exactly, Robin. And then just to go back to the Nike example, you know, you mentioned something really important, aligning their brand with only those platforms whose customers also align with their brand. Uh, Nike recently cut out 16 additional retail partners in an effort to provide a more focused premium experience through fewer partners and its own direct-to-consumer model. So some of the key retailers that were cut recently were DSW, Urban Outfitters, Big Five Sporting Goods, Zappos, Dillard, Selk. And by the way, Nike also plans to no longer sell apparel to Macy's. So wow. last June, last June, Nike unveiled the next phase of what they call their customer direct offense, which is two times the product innovation and creation, two times the supply chain speed, and two times the direct con connections with customers. So this is all part of its consumer direct acceleration with a goal to become more of a digitally focused direct to consumer brand. Most recently in Nike's Q3 earnings report, which just ended in February, the owned digital business growth was up 54, 54%, with North America having its first ever quarter with $1 billion in digital revenue. Nike's wow. owned, e it's unbelievable. Their yeah. Nike's owned e-commerce business has grown more than 70% year to date, and its mix of owned and partner driven digital sales now exceeds 35% of the total business. Nike's goal, of course, is to reach 50% through 2023. Actually, Nike's a great example, Shelley, and, and probably a leader in identifying through AI and analytics, which other platforms it aligns with and those who do not. Uh, but it's important to clarify point here, Shelley. Um, the ultimate goal of these powerful brands is not to get to 100% direct to consumer just through their own online business. Uh, a lot of people confuse that they hear direct to consumer and they think of just online businesses. But direct-to-consumer also includes their physical Nike stores. Most, uh, most people refer to direct-to-consumer as only online. So the distinction of that uh, DTC definition is important here. So yeah, Nike is optimizing their consumer reach with precisely the percentage of consumers they get through their own e-commerce and brick-and-mortar stores but also the percentage of optimal sales through the so-called collaborative partner platforms like Nike on Foot Locker's platform with a collaborative partnership strategy and a drop ship tactic. Who, uh, who are some of the other brands, Shelley, that, that you have examples of? 
Well, Prada is a great example of a manufacturer shifting its distribution strategy to drive a majority of sales through direct-to-consumer, and that includes their online, their physical stores, and their drop ships. So Prada right now drives 90% of its sales through a direct-to-consumer model. And recently, it was in the news that Prada agreed to allow Net-A-Porter to sell its brands on its site, but only through a dropship model. So customers shop the Prada brand on Net-A-Porter, but the merchandise is shipped from Prada, which owns and controls the inventory. So this whole extended, you know, direct-to-consumer model is growing and also includes shop-and-shop marketplaces um, in the on websites, you know, to lure luxury brands onto different websites. So like Farfetch, for example. Um, so the, this is now called e-concessions. And it mm. allows brands like Prada, Gucci, Montclair, the ability to serve customers in a direct and consumer model by partnering with other websites and paying a commission for products sold on that website. Mm. Tory Burch is another example. It generates 85% of its more than 1.5 billion revenue from its owned channels. And then what it does is taps department store partners to sell accessories in shop and shops where it can control the markdown. So, and there's a lot of other examples out there as well. Yeah, this whole thing about collaborative partnerships, there are so many different uh, arrangements that can be made and it's, it's just gonna accelerate. You know, we're really just in the beginning of it, of, of, of the old world brick and mortar retail models are actually being flipped on their head when you think about it. Choosing mm-hmm. and curating vendor brands, buying and assorting the inventory nine months in advance essentially guessing what will sell, right? And um, simple, but highly inefficient and unproductive and also siloed, erratic supply chains. That model is being flipped on its head, Shelley, uh, to, to brands as open platforms, including online, all sharing each other's appropriate platforms. Think of it, thousands of new points of distribution, Thousands of supply chains, smaller, shorter, and more rapidly responsive. The consumer totally wins with total accessibility. More and cheaper access due to globalization, market saturation, and increased productivity. Quicker and easier access due to rapid and more responsive multi-distribution platforms. And smarter access through increased information and communications. And all three of those made possible and accelerated by technology. Certainly, the consumer is absolutely the winner in the end of this, um, like you had mentioned. I just want to say thanks to our, uh, all of our listeners out there for listening to our podcast. You can find more of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, <clears throat> Buzzsprout, and, of course, on therobinreport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us. And follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And if you want a lot more, a lot more articles and topics like this, all important topics, just go to therobinreport.com. And as I've said before, if you've got topics that are itching your brain that you would love to hear about, send me an email. It's robin at therobinreport.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care.